I love the video. I wish we could watch it about five times. That's what I did this week. I just watched it over and over and over again because there's so much truth, um, so much richness in it. It has such good oversight of joy throughout the whole of scripture. And I, I don't know as you watched it if something really stood out to you. Um, maybe it was that the Israelites chose joy in the wilderness. Maybe it was Paul from prison saying that he was going to choose joy. Maybe maybe it was the part that said that um, great harvest and good wine can bring joy. I don't, I don't, maybe maybe that's what stuck out to you. I'm not sure. One part that I really loved was that it talked about um, joy being a gift, a gift of God's Spirit, a sign that Jesus's presence is with us. A gift of God's spirit, a sign that Jesus' presence is with us. So right from the beginning, I want you to have this picture that joy is a gift. And it's so appropriate because we talk about gifts a lot at this season, right? We make lists. We search for the right gift for our loved ones. Um, This is a season that truly is a lot about gifts. Um, But I want us this morning to think about joy as a gift. In fact, in Galatians 5, you know, it says the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, is love, which we're going to talk about next week, joy, which we're talking about today, peace, which we talked about last week, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? So we are actually going to begin by the video's definition of joy. I also thought it was great. And this is kind of what we're going to center everything around today, that joy is an attitude that God's people adopt. Not, oh, it's up there. I didn't know we had it. Um, Not because of their hope in God's love. Sorry, let me start again. It's an attitude that God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and God's promise. It's an attitude that God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and God's promise. So today we're going to look at joy, and we're actually going to look at it by by just observing one story in scripture, the story that I read to us earlier that I couldn't even get through, which that probably will happen again, just burst out with tears. It's just kind of what I do. And um, we're going we're gonna to look at that scripture and kind of just see what can we learn from joy from that. So the shepherds, right? They were doing what they, were, what they do. Their work, their mundane. They were being faithful in what they were given to do. They were guarding their flocks by night. And I actually love that. I love that the scripture adds that detail because I want to pause right here. And here's really the first thing we can learn. The first thing we can observe from this story is that joy can come in all circumstances. Every single one. It is available in every single circumstance we find ourselves in. Whether you're in your mundane Whether you're doing the same thing every day and you wake up and you do the same thing again. I love also just the picture that the words give that joy came 
in the dark of night. The dark of night. Whatever dark night you are walking through, or maybe you've walked through in the past, you, like the shepherds, can experience joy. It's available in every single one of our circumstances. So, the shepherds, doing what they were doing, watching their flocks, when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the radiance of God's glory. And what was their response? They were terrified. Terrified. We know this because the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This news that the angel brought was good. And we have to notice, what would it bring? It would bring joy to all people. And so what was the news? The scripture just says the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, was born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I love it when we're reading and scripture does this. If you notice, it it says it three times. (laughs) The Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord was born today. I can't, I, I know it's, it's emphasized for us to look at, for us to notice, but I can't help but wonder if the angel was, was like giddy, you know? If the angel was like, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, in case you didn't hear me the first time, was born. So the Savior of the Israelites was born. The silence was broken. Their rescuer was born on a dark, quiet, normal night. An angel messenger brought the message of joy. But it truly was more than only the Savior being born, right? The the angel announced And what the shepherds heard, we actually know the whole story. We know it in full. The hero to all of humanity's story was making a way. This is where I'm going to cry, by the way, because this is so powerful. I'm going to start again. The hero to all of humanity's story was making a way to break the curse of sin in our lives. Not only the promise that the Messiah was coming, but the promise that eternal life through his death, life, and resurrection. The answer to the curse that began in the garden was being birthed. The rescuer for all of us was making his way into the world to live, to die, And then to raise from the grave on our behalf. The way for us to experience eternal joy now and forever was entering the world. The good news that Jesus was coming to make a way for all of us to experience life with God now and forevermore. This is truly good news that brings great joy. And this really brings me to our second observation. The, the main idea that, that all of them 
are centered around. That true joy is centered in Jesus. We can only experience true joy when we are grounded and centered in Jesus. Because what was the good news that brought the great joy? It was, it was Jesus. So, so what does this look like? I honestly wish I could hand out like a checklist for all of us today. This is what you have to do, you know, but that's not how it works, right? When I think of being centered in Jesus, I think of having my eyes fixed on him. I think of abiding in him. I think of being content in him. I think of a relationship moment by moment in him. So if we return to our definition, joy is an attitude we adopt because of hope in God's love and promises because of Jesus. So, and, and I believe that here, here lies the problem. <laughs> here lies the problem with me and joy, with us and joy, is that we forget. We just forget. I forget truly what Jesus has done for me. Truly. I forget how death is what I deserve. But now I have eternal life. Like life everlasting. There's sometimes when I'm like, we just need to sit on that a moment. <laughs> eternal life is what we've been given instead of death. But the other amazing thing that, as I was thinking this week, is he not only promises our future destiny, we not only have that promise in him, but he gives us promises in the present. Jesus says in John that he has come to give us life and life abundantly. Here. Now. Yes, I need not forget my future destiny in Christ, but I need not to forget that I have been given a life in Jesus now. Now he has promised he will never leave me. Now he has promised that goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Now he gives us the gift of his presence. The gift of his presence. That when we experience, it produces the gift of joy in us. Now. Today. So if we kind of return to our story... The angel told them. And what else did he say? It said it would bring good news of great joy to all people. All people. And right here in the announcement of the Savior in the beginning of Luke, we are reminded that our God is a missional God. That even the announce of Jesus' coming was saying it's going to be for all. He's going to be for all. Not just the Jews but for all of mankind. And so this brings me to our third observation. What can we learn? That joy is available to all people. All of us. To our neighbors, 
to people all over the nations, to the rich, to the poor, to the young, to the old, to every single one of us. To people that look like us, to people that look very different from us. Joy is available to all. And I can't help, but as we like see that, I can't help but think of John 3.16. I mean, it just like wants to burst forth in me that for God so loved the world that he came. This was the message of joy. It's just a reminder that it's available for everyone inside these walls and outside these walls. Just like following Jesus is available for everyone who will choose him. Every single one of us. In every single circumstance we find ourselves in. Good news of great joy for all people. And I want—I just want to pause right here. Just another thing as I was thinking this week. And that I just want to point out. That joy is truly available for every single personality. Every single kind of us. I mean... I just will say that, you know, I know my personality tends to be upbeat. I tend to be pretty much chipper. <laughs> Whatever word you want to say, Bob Blake was like, are you ever sad? Yes. <laughs> so I know I'm, I might be a person that sees the glass half full, but true joy is so much more than that. It's not about being positive. It's not about being chipper or charismatic or easily excited. True joy is so much deeper. And I know it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me. But it's for every personality. Whether people would describe you as upbeat or melancholy or a thinker or a realist, true joy is for all of us. And what was the response? What was the response to this news? The angel told them how they would recognize the baby. And then one angel was joined with a heavenly host. Heavenly host praising God saying, glory to God in heaven and peace on those with whom God is pleased. This message was worthy of all of creation and heaven praising God. The response to the message of joy was praise. And I just, when I was reading that, I couldn't help. Well, what's my response? What's my response to this message? Am I numb to it? Am I, do I shrug my shoulders? Do I burst out with spontaneous praise? Do I, have I forgotten? Is it because I can only see, like, what's three feet in front of me? So the shepherds went to Bethlehem and saw Jesus. They saw him. And what happened to them after this? The ones who were in the mundane, doing what they do, in the dark of night who were greeted by a messenger of joy, turned in to messengers of joy. 
The scripture says, The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And where did they return? Did they, like, go on tour, become famous? You know, the shepherds, it says they went back to their flocks. They went back to their flocks. They went back doing what they did. They returned to their mundane. But notice, they went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So they returned to their circumstances. They returned to their dark nights. But their circumstances hadn't changed. And I think we need to realize that. Their circumstances hadn't changed. They were changed by message of joy. They went back to their flock. And then they had to daily choose joy. Not because of their happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and God's promise. And here's just our fourth observation. What we, can we see? I, when I was talking about this, when I was looking at this, um, I talked to several people who have walked through the unimaginable. And they all told me the same thing. People that I looked at that did it with joy. They said joy is a choice. You have to choose it. The gift is there for you, but you have to reach out and receive it every day, every moment. I like the wording of the definition we began with. Joy is an attitude that God's people adopt, that God's people choose. Another observation I just see from the shepherds at the end of the story is that there was an outward response to inward joy. An outward response to inward joy. And again, this might look different in every single one of us. Um, You might not walk around like my daughter and say, best day ever. You know? You might not just have a smile on your face at all times. That's not what I'm saying. If you, if you leave here thinking that's what I'm saying, it's not what I'm saying. But there is an outward response to inward joy. And I want to point out that it could be different at different moments in your life. If you notice here, the shepherds heard and they told everyone what they heard could not be contained. If we look at Mary, we know when the angel visited her, she, she burst out in song. But if you see her at this part in the story, it says that she held everything in her heart. So it might look different, but there's, there's some kind of response. Maybe it is this deep inward peace that you have. That people can tell. People can notice people who are at peace, right? Because the world is in a desperate need for it. Maybe it is telling your story. Maybe it is taking the comfort you've received and comforting others. Maybe it's contentment. Maybe you do praise God like the angels did. Maybe it's just being still 
in his presence? I don't know. There's so many options, but there is an outward response to inward joy. And I think we have to look at ourselves. I, this week, had to look at myself. I hope you know that on this side of Sunday morning, it is so humbling. It is so humbling. Because I have to say, you know, I've actually been full of a lot of complaining lately. A lot of complaining. A lot of grumbling. And again, hear me. It doesn't mean we don't share our hard things with other people. That's not what I'm saying. There is a difference, I think, between sharing, this is hard, and grumbling and complaining about it. And I had to confess, I had to confess, yeah, Lord, I have not been grounded in your promises. I have not been centered in you. I've been full of my own struggles. And that outward, what is it shown outwardly? With grumbling and complaining. So there's an outward response when you have inward joy. And I think if we see something else coming out, that needs we need to look at that, just like I did. Again, it doesn't mean I walk around pretending. It doesn't mean life is always going the way I want it to. But it does mean I aim to be grounded and centered in Christ. Something like the shepherds experienced and heard cannot be contained. It cannot. And the shepherds, they only knew half the story. And we know it in full. So if we put all these together, okay, so we've looked at the story of the shepherds and what what can we observe? We can see that joy is available. If you have your glasses on, you can see. (laughs) Sorry. Joy is available in all circumstances. Every circumstance we find ourselves in today. Your circumstance, my circumstance, every single one of it is available for us. Joy is centered in Jesus, being grounded in his hope of his love and his promises. He is the source of joy. So if we are not experiencing life with him, we don't have the source. We don't have it. Joy is available for all people, all of us, in I've already said every circumstance, but with every one of our unique personalities, joy is not just for the young, right? We think of kids. Who are joyful? Kids. Yes, but it's not just for them. Every age, every work we do, joy is a choice, something that We choose daily. We choose it moment by moment. It's a choice. And there is an outward response to inward joy. You all probably could think right now of someone in your life that, man, they are joyful. And I bet that person that you think of probably has experienced a lot of pain, too. But there is an outward response to their inward joy. 
And where does this leave us today? You know, Chad's mentioned, we've talked in the last couple of months, we've sat down, we've thought about it, how much pain our church has experienced in the last couple of years. You know, we have seen moms taken away. We have seen brides that, in our opinion, left this earth too early. We've seen children suffering. We've had people that we love given terrible diagnosis. We have seen difficulty in marriages. We have seen the loss of jobs and dreams. Broken families and our children that are crippled with anxiety. We have friends diagnosed with cancer and struggles with our finances. We have and are maybe experiencing our own wilderness, our own darkest of nights. We have seen and experienced much sorrow and much suffering. And this week, one person that I wanted to talk to, um, to just gain from, was my sister-in-law. If you know part of their story, they... They walked through a child being diagnosed with cancer. They walked through nine years of cancer treatments. And they walked through releasing their child to Jesus. But I watched. I watched from a close (laughs) sideline. And I saw that they did it with joy. True joy. So as I was talking to her, and as we were talking about joy, one thing that she mentioned that I want to mention is that sorrow and joy can be present together. We can choose this gift of joy while being filled with great sorrow. The two can coexist side by side. That's one thing she wanted to say. She was like, I've experienced it. They can both be there. So my question for us today is, are we choosing the gift of joy? Because it's available. It's available for every single one of us today. In all the circumstances we find ourselves in. It is just as real as the presents that are under your tree or going to be under your tree. Available for all God's people to adopt, not because of our happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and God's promise. So are we grounded in his love and his promises for eternal life and for life in the present Just like the video said, I'm not saying we pretend or that you disregard your feelings. But may God, even in our darkest days, turn us into messengers of joy. Maybe we've been saying we are full of sorrow. We are full of suffering. We've experienced great suffering. But I want to add, like Paul in the New Testament did, that said, we are full of sorrow yet rejoicing. 
Maybe our church, your family, my family, has been marked by much suffering. But may we also be marked by joy. Mm. So I want to do something a little bit different. I didn't tell Rick, but Rick, could you come play just a little bit? We're going to have a time of response. We're going to have a time where you can praise God. We're going to have a time where you can be prayed over if that's what you need this morning. But before we do, I want to start by just reading over you some of the promises of God. So again, we can sit, we can be reminded, you can, whether for you, you want to pray, you want to have your eyes closed, and you just want to hear these truths kind of drip over you this morning, or maybe you want to get out a piece of, pen, a piece of pencil, a piece of paper, and you want to write some of these things down, we're going to start by me just reading over some scriptures of his promises for us today. Because it's not based on our circumstances, but it is hope and his love and his promises. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint when you pass through the waters I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The Lord himself goes before you. And he will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do not be anxious about anything, 
but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God, your Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask? Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Those who remain in me will produce much fruit like the fruit of joy. So let's have a time where we pray, where we sing, where we confess our grumblings, where we're prayed over, where we sit quietly, where we respond to the message of joy. Thank you.